Amen. My goodness, Multiply fam, it is so good to see you. It's great to be with you on this Memorial Weekend, this Memorial Day weekend. And uh, hey, a couple of, couple of thoughts. First of all, we're looking forward to getting back together. And so we've released a video late yesterday afternoon. If you haven't seen that, we've got some exciting announcements on our reopening and the process and, and all, all of that means. And of course, online uh, presentation will continue and, and we'll get out more information this week and some specifics on that. But we are so excited about the potential of stepping into these next steps. And then we do want to say happy Memorial Day and uh, I had the privilege of attending a funeral yesterday for a uh, amazing family in, in our church, wonderful family in our church. I've known them for years, and uh, the father and grandfather, father slash grandfather to some of the people in our, our church, great grandfather had had passed, and uh, 100 years old, 100 years old, veteran of World War II, and I just was reminded again of all of those, all of those who served who sacrificed for our nation, for our freedom. And so we just say thank you. Uh, and those of you that have had, had uh, relatives that have passed during, during service, thank you so much for your family's involvement in that. If you'll take your copy of God's word today and turn to John chapter six, John chapter six, God has a word for you. God has a word for you. And I wanna preach a word entitled, when storms slow you down when storms slow you down. I was thinking uh, back, there used to be something that we would engage in called travel. And, and we would go to places called, they were called airports. And we would get on these flying contraptions in a former life. And they would take us to different cities and different states and, and, and different nations. And, that, and that'll happen again. And maybe a few of you have traveled uh, a little bit more than others during this season. But for a large part, we've been shut down of travel over these past couple of months. And one of, one of the things that I know about travel is that storms and travel don't, don't mix too well. Storms, when it comes to travel, whether your travel is by, by car or, or whether it's by air, storms have a way of slowing you down. A few months ago, uh, I, was on a, I was on an airplane with some, several of our team members and we were getting ready to fly from Charlotte to Orlando and there was a bad, there was a bad storm in Orlando and we kept getting the announcement from the pilot that we're being delayed because of the storms, not where we are, but the storms in Orlando. And, and I, was okay. I was okay with that because I'm not trying to have a, a, a bumpy flight. I mean, during, if, you're, if you're sitting by me in an airplane during turbulence, don't talk to me because me and Jesus are already talking, all right? I've speak, I speak in tongues more on airplanes than maybe at any other time in my life. And so I, I wasn't mad that we weren't flying during that storm. I was like, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll read my magazine and let the storm pass and we'll be a little bit late. But it kept going on and, and, and kept going on. We kept being delayed further and further. And, and the little bit of a nuance to this situation was uh, whatever generator, engine, power supply on the airplane itself that was going to give us, that was giving us our, our air conditioning, um, and it was pretty warm on that plane, was broken. 
And so it was, a little, it was a little claustrophobic on that airplane. It was a little stuffy on that airplane. So they deplaned us and we went into the, uh, uh, back into the airport. And then we got back onto the airplane and, and the storm had passed, but the pilot's time, the flight time had, had run out. And so they were uh, trying to switch gears and, and all of that stuff. And, and I remember, well, they said the storm, they said the storm had passed in Orlando. And I remember picking up my phone um, and this is an iPhone, and so on the iPhone app, I don't know how it is on other applications, but on the iPhone app, when you hit the little weather app, wherever the destination is or whatever city or location that you pull up on that, it'll show a picture in the background of what the weather is in that location. So if it's sunny, there'll be a big sunshine picture of a sun on, on the background. Or if it's rainy, there'll be a cloud with, with rain and it's falling. I promise you, I have never seen this before, nor have I seen it since. But I promise you, when I hit Orlando on my iPhone, there was a literal picture of a spinning tornado. I'm telling you, that did not do my heart good as we were backing out onto the tarmac and they're saying, hey, we've got approval to fly to Orlando. And I'm saying, yeah, you may have approval, but did you check your app? There is a, there is a funnel cloud right now in Orlando and storms, storms slow us down, right? Whether, whether you're traveling, PSA, public service announcement to all of you that drive in the rain. You know, have you noticed, have you noticed that when it rains, it's like people have never seen rain ever in their entire life. Like people just forget how to drive. Can I just tell you, slow down a little bit, back off the car in front of you and pay attention. There, that's just a little friendly advice from Pastor Doug. So I don't have to get angry at you when I'm on the road and then repent later. But storms have a tendency to slow us down during this season. I'm preaching to multiple people people out there who feel like this storm that we're in is slowing you down. You're a high school athlete and you were on the verge of a scholarship and you were dependent upon your spring sports season in high school to push you over the edge to get that scholarship and you feel like this storm is slowing you down. Maybe you were making progress, getting out of debt, but all of this has put that on pause and you feel frustrated because the storm is slowing you down. Maybe you were locked in, you had gotten that acceptance letter from college and you were so excited about the fall, but all of the uncertainties and, and the storm is slowing you down. Maybe somebody was planning on retiring in a couple years. You feel like this storm is slowing you down or you wanted to expand your business and the storm is slowing you down. You thought that this year your kid was going to read, but you were homeschooling them and the storm has slowed you down. Whatever, we're all in situations or many of us are in situations where we feel frustrated because of the lack of progress that we feel like we're making. I want to go to John chapter 6. Verse 16, let's go to the word. When storms slow us down that evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into a boat and headed across the lake towards Capernaum. And soon a strong wind swept down on them and the sea grew very agitated. And they had rowed three or four miles. I want to pause there for a moment because I want you to see I want you to see the condition 
of uh, the atmosphere. I want you to see the, the situation, but I, and I, I want you to, to feel, I want you to put yourself in the place of the disciples. So the disciples had a destination. It was a, it was a God-given destination. Like Jesus had, had instructed them where to go. So they were, they were in the will of God and they were rowing their boat, their, their fishing vessel. They were rowing this boat across the sea and it was dark and the wind was against them, and the sea was agitated. So can you imagine with me the disciples, all they had was a word from Jesus. All they had was a destination that they felt like they needed to get to. Can you imagine them rowing in that storm? Can you imagine? It's dark, and so they probably couldn't see very well. Am I making progress? Are we going backwards? Are we going in circles? Now, they were experienced fishermen. They probably knew how to navigate the night sky, but the night sky was dependent upon stars. And if there was a storm, there was no stars. And somebody needs to know, somebody needs to know that the sign that you depended on last season to show you if you were making progress or not is no longer there. But if you've got a word from God, then you just keep heading towards your word, whether you see the sign or whether you don't see the sign. That's the same God, the same God that spoke to you in the sunlight is the same God that's speaking to you in the storm. And somebody needs to know that you got to keep rowing, baby. Keep rowing. Can you imagine the disciples' fr frustration? Am I doing the right thing? Am I making any progress? I'm a little bit scared, but I want you to see this. It says that they had rowed three or four miles. Somebody needs to know that you are making more progress during this season than you think you're making. Somebody needs to know, Pastor, I don't feel like my prayers are making a difference. I don't feel like my worship is escaping. No, you are making it. You keep rowing. You keep praying. You keep fasting. You keep having your quiet time before the Lord, and you are making more progress than you think you're making. And then the word says this, when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on water toward the boat, and they were terrified. They were, they were terrified at the storm, but when Jesus makes an appearance in the story, their terror did not leave. It intensified. That's important. We'll talk about that later. But he called out to them, don't be afraid. I'm here. Again, let's, let's take a look at these conditions because they're, the condi they're the same conditions. The storm is different. It's a couple of thousand years later. But it's the same conditions. The conditions were it was dark, it was rough, and the disciples were saying, hey, where's Jesus? It's dark, it's rough, and where's Jesus? The three phrases in the scripture say darkness fell. And then it says a strong wind swept down. And it says the sea grew very agitated. I, 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 need, you to, I need you to lock in. I need you to write these things down. I got to teach this to you, okay? This is important that I teach this to you about these phrases. First of all, when it says darkness 
fell. Darkness fell. Do you know, do you know that that word darkness, the Greek word there is skosha. And can I tell you that the real, the deeper meaning of that word, it's not really talking about a physical darkness, but a moral and spiritual darkness with which blocks the light of God. I want to remind somebody that the darkness that we are battling during this season is not a microbe. It's not a disease. There's something behind disease and it's called moral darkness and it's called spiritual darkness. This is not a physical darkness church and don't be lulled into the lie of the enemy that your your enemy is another nation, that your enemy is another believer that believes different politically than you. I need to remind somebody by the power of the Spirit of God in this moment that the enemy is trying to turn us one against the other and we need to be reminded that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against spiritual powers and principalities and rulers of this present darkness. I was talking to one of one of my friends this week and they they were having a a difficult conversation. Wasn't any anything um, anybody in Multiply Family, it wasn't anybody in this church, but they were having a difficult, a very difficult conversation, an unbiblical conversation. Somebody had approached them in an unbiblical manner. And, uh, and my friend just said this as he was, he was on that call. He said, you know, he said there, there, there came a point, sometimes there comes a point when you realize you're not talking to the person, you're talking to what's behind the person. Can I, can I just ignite somebody that you know, don't need to be speaking to the person? You need to, be, need to be speaking to the forces of darkness that are behind that. We need to see this is, church. This is a season where we need to have spiritual eyes. And this is a season where we need to engage in spiritual warfare. This is a season where we need to be aware of the spiritual darkness. And then, see, I, see, I, got, to, I got to preaching already. I was just trying I was just trying to give you a little lesson in Greek and there I go I got to preach in last week I thought Doug you've been a little little too excited on stage and there's hardly anybody in the audience can you just chill out can you tone it down and I watched myself and I thought apparently I can't tone it down so sorry but I'm not sorry the word of God needs to be delivered during the season and that's just me so I gotta be me I gotta preach this but so it's it's not only a spiritual darkness, but now watch this, where the Bible says a strong wind swept down upon them. So that word wind is anemos, and it means both the physical wind, but figuratively it means empty doctrines, empty doctrines. Now, now press pause there. Just keep that in mind. I want to show you the next thing. So you have a spiritual darkness, the wind, these empty doctrines, and now the sea becomes agitated. The sea becomes agitated. That word there is digirno, and it means this, to wake out of sleep. 
to wake out of sleep. And so can I, can I give you another, a wither up translation of this verse that's kind of the message translation plus plus, but that, it's, it, that is very based on the root meaning of the Greek language of this verse. I submit to you that this verse could be translated that a spiritual and moral darkness had fallen over the land because of empty doctrines, but the wind of the spirit used a storm to wake up a sleeping church. Do you know that God uses agitation in your life? How many of you have been a little more agitated lately? Come on, can you say yes? I don't even know why, but I'm a little, I'm a little more on edge. I'm snapping at my kids a little bit more. I'm snapping at my spouse. I'm saying things online that I wouldn't usually say. I find myself agitated. Can I tell you why you're agitated? It's the spirit of God and it's stirring you up and you're not agitated at your spouse. You're agitated at the power of darkness that have had control on our cities and our families and our churches for far too long and God is using this agitation to wake us up. He's waking up a sleeping church. Come on, somebody needs to get agitated. You need to get agitated at the devil and say, I'm not going to take this lying down. I'm not going to take this sleeping. In the name of Jesus, wake up. Wake up. We preached last week. Not rest in peace. Rise in power. It doesn't help in this moment that I got some worship team over here that is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit that are shouting me down right now. So forgive me if that fuels me, but I feel the power of God in this moment to say, rise up, sleeping giant. You don't even know the power of God within you. You're agitated. No more empty doctrines. That means this church, we don't sing about miracles and we not see miracles. We don't sing about healing and not see healing. We don't sing about signs and wonders and signs and wonders not be released through you. The Bible says that if you follow Jesus, signs and wonders will follow you and I need you to get the order right. You don't follow signs and wonders and Jesus follows you. You follow Jesus and signs and wonders follow you. So stop following signs and wonders. Start ho stop hopping from ministry to ministry, chasing after signs and wonders. You chase after Jesus, and signs and wonders will chase you. They will chase you down, that your prayers will be more effective. Right now, in the name of Jesus, that when you pray for healing, healing will take place. When you release power, power will be released. And this is in homes, and this is for individuals, and then, and then some of you have been dependent for too long on the corporate gathering of the church to be your source of power. Oh, I want to come to church so I can feel the power of the Holy Spirit, and maybe I'll see a miracle. No, you see a miracle because you follow Jesus, and miracles are at work whenever you pray, whenever you speak the Word of God. And then when we collectively come together, oh my goodness can you imagine that if everybody is walking in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit 
and the life of Jesus is in you and you are seeing God is going to release upon you a season of unusual miracles. You're going to begin to see things that are unusual. You'll begin to have faith for things that are unusual. You will begin, it did not make sense. This is a different story here, so don't get the narratives mixed up. But when, there was another storm uh, when Peter stepped out of the boat. It did not make sense for Peter to take a step of faith during a storm. For some of you, it's not going to make sense the step of faith that Jesus is calling you to take during a storm. But faith is going to rise up within you and you're going to remember that our word of the year is yes. And God didn't make a mistake giving us, it wasn't like COVID, COVID didn't cancel out your yes. COVID didn't cancel out your promise. So you're going to step out of that boat. And then can you imagine when we gather together, the electricity in the atmosphere. We're going to, this, this Saturday night at our Concord location, we're going to fill the village parking lot with a, with a drive-in night of worship that we're calling Shift the Atmosphere. And we are believing for that from 6 to 7 p.m. or whenever God's done. We are going to believe that as we prophetically worship over our city, as we prophetically pray over our city, that there will be a shift in the atmosphere, that those powers of darkness will go back where they came from, that light will open up, that more people, according to John uh, 6, 44, no one comes comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws him, that the Spirit will be released to draw people to Jesus like never before. We're going to believe for that, church. We're going to believe for that. Sometimes, as we continue here, um, sometimes we want Jesus, but we don't like the method that he chooses to come to us. <laughs> uh, when, when I first started uh, dating Camden, she, had, she, she drove a, a little uh, small Acura Integra. That wasn't my first choice of car, but I would have missed out on the single greatest earthly blessing in my life if I had allowed the vehicle to which she came to me determine the person that was inside of the vehicle, can I tell somebody you don't get to choose how Jesus chooses to reveal himself to you? Sometimes Jesus will reveal himself to you in the sunshine, but sometimes the greatest revelation that you will have of Jesus comes in the middle of a storm. It says they'd rode three or four miles when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on water toward the boat and they were terrified. They were scared of the storm, but they became terrified of Jesus. And we pray prayers like this, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, please show yourself to me. And Jesus begins to walk towards you. And then you say, not like that. I, don't, I want you, Jesus, but I don't want you like that. The disciples on the other side of this had a further revelation about Jesus because of the storm. Can I remind you that God didn't cause it, but he'll use it? Fear, fear is a complex emotion. It is. I, I don't have time 
to unpack all of it, nor do I understand it all. But fear is a complex emotion. Here's what I know biblically. Biblically, sometimes it can mean you're far away from Jesus, but other times it can mean that you're really, really, really close. That some of the greatest encounters of men and women of God, it was a thin veil of fear between their fear and the greatest encounter that they had of Jesus when the angels showed up to Mary. Fear not. It, is it not, it's not a coincidence that every time in the Old Testament, just about every time in the Old Testament, God shows up and an angel shows up and the first words has, has to be what? Fear not. Fear not. Maybe, just maybe, the greatest revelation that God has for you is right on the other side of your greatest fear. And when you're running from your fear, you're actually running from Jesus. Keep rowing, keep rowing, keep rowing. Come on, row, row, row your boat. Keep rowing. Don't turn around. I know it's tiring. I know your arms are tired, but keep rowing, keep rowing. And as you see Jesus walking towards the boat, don't row away from your fear. If they would have rode away from their fear, they would have rode away from Jesus. You need to stop and you need to evaluate and you need to ask. You need to say, Holy Spirit, what's causing this fear? What's the root of this fear? Jesus, how do you choose? How are you choosing to reveal yourself to me during this season of fear? Because we're preaching about God's at work. God's at work during the storm. He's at work during the storm. When storms slow you down, When storms slow you down, let's keep reading in verse 21. It says they were eager, then they were eager to let him in the boat. Oh my, that's that's my bad. I should have read this. I should have read this verse. Pastor Adam, I should have read this verse at the beginning of the message. And I, yeah, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I, I apologize. I don't know if we're going to need to re-record this message because I, <laughs> I titled this wrong. I titled the whole message wrong because I thought, I thought when the wind was coming against the disciples and I thought that those physical conditions were going to slow the disciples down. But the Bible says that when Jesus got into their boat, it says, it says immediately. It says immediately. Y'all, I, t- I titled this wrong. I'm, I'm so sorry. The title of this message shouldn't be when storms slow you down. It should have been when storms speed you up. When storms speed you up. Because if it hadn't been for this storm, they would have had to row the second half across that lake in their natural power. But because, my God, this is a word for his church. Because of the storm, it awakened within the church a supernatural power that they had not been operating in before the storm. Come on, church. We need to awaken to the supernatural. We need to awaken to the supernatural. I need you to lift your hand right now. 
I need you, band, can you guys come back? I know I'm, I know I'm messing this all up. Band, can you come back? Pastor Corey, can we, can we go back in to breathe again? I need somebody to begin to believe for signs and wonders again. I need somebody to, be, to begin to believe that everything in the book of Acts that happened in the book of Acts can happen today. I need somebody to begin to believe that the storm is an opportunity. Come on, the, stor- the storm is an opportunity. When Jesus gets the, in the boat in an instant, they go from rowing in the natural to being transformed and transported in the supernatural. Come on, church. Come on, church. Let's rise in supernatural power. Let's rise in supernatural power. Can we just begin to to ask him to breathe on us again? Breathe on us again, Holy Spirit. God's using the agitation. You've been agitated and now the Spirit of the Lord is revealing to you what the agitation is all about. That means, what does agitation mean? What does it mean? It means to wake up. It means to wake up. You remember when you were a teenager and you were laying in bed on a Sunday morning and your mama your daddy came in and they started to wake you up what was your what was your response it was it was a little bit of agitation come on don't pretend don't pretend you were a super spiritual 13 year old you were a little bit agitated because you stayed up too too late sneaking in an episode of saturday night live the night before but your father came in and your father began to wake you up. See, see, you misinterpreted the agitation. Don't misinterpret the agitation during the season. You're not agitated at anything else. God's using the agitation to wake up a desire, to wake up a hunger for the supernatural. Come on, say, wake me up. Say, wake us up, Father. Wake us up to miracles. Wake us up to signs and wonders. Wake us up.
the, en the enemy doesn't even know what's about to wake up. The enemy doesn't even know what's about to wake up within you. The gifting that's about to wake up within you. The prophetic that's about to wake up within you. The signs and wonders that are about to wake up within you. What's, what's about to wake up within the church. It's no wonder, it's no wonder the enemy brought such a, such a big attack. What if, what if it, what if it means something like this? Worldwide attack, worldwide awakening. Worldwide agitation, worldwide awakening. And I, I believe what, I believe what the Lord did. I'm blaming I'm blaming y'all a little bit for this morning. Pastor can't preach. Pastor can't preach a nice little teaching message with y'all in the audience. I'm blaming y'all a little bit, but I believe I believe that what God has given us is a little bit of an appetizer for what we're going to experience on Saturday. And I want to I want to encourage you. And Davidson, y'all stay tuned to your, your social media channels. There's some stuff going on in Davidson on Saturday as well. But I want to encourage you, 6 o'clock, to come out. And let's believe, let's believe that this has been a little bit of an appetizer for how God wants to begin to shift the atmosphere. Let's begin for a season of unusual miracles. Let's begin for a season when we begin to walk in, walk in signs and wonders like never before. Come on, can we believe for that? that father we thank you we receive this word we receive this word lord jesus and i pray that this isn't the dessert it's just the appetizer it's not even the first course it's just an appetizer so god i pray that this week that you will turn somebody's agitation into an awakening and i bless them to keep loving jesus and changing the world